0: Hey friends, it's Candace Eisner back with you again this week, and this week is the third episode in our series on building a strong private practice. And in this episode, we're gonna talk about marketing from scratch or how to approach it when you're opening a new office. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table, a podcast for massage therapists, or really anyone who works in health and wellness. I'm here to help you take a look at your business and practice in new ways, to think outside the box, and to shift gears from the same old stuff that isn't helping you build the life and the business that you really want. Let's get started. Hey, well, I hope you guys are all hanging in there and doing well this week. As I'm recording this episode, we have just hit the very first day of summer here in Toronto. It's pretty exciting. I'm uh, glad to have some nicer weather out there, even though, you know, we can't really... Travel or do too much and that kind of stuff, but we can still enjoy some nice hot summer weather and, you know, a drink out on your front porch and that kind of thing. So uh yeah, I hope the same for you guys. I hope you're enjoying some of the beautiful weather no matter where you are in the world. And uh yeah, let's dive into this week's episode. So this week we are going to talk about marketing and selling your services, which I know is a big topic for a lot of people. It's a very tricky topic. It's a topic that I actually get a lot of, uh, you know, emails or, you know, comments on Instagram or, you know, people just in general comment on it. Even sometimes when I'm chatting with a friend, sometimes, you know, the whole idea of selling your services, where to find clients, all that kind of stuff comes up and uh So I thought, you know what, this is a really good topic for the podcast for this series on building a strong private practice, because it is one of the essential things. It's all essential, really, when you're kind of getting that groundwork built. But it's one of the most important things that you need to think about. So when it comes to marketing your private practice when you are starting from fresh, whether you are brand new to your profession, or whether you've been at it for a while, but you're moving offices, you know, maybe you're renting from someone else, but you want to do your own marketing, which I always recommend, or you're opening your own space for the first time, whatever your situation is, maybe you've been at it for a while, but you need some fresh ideas some fresh perspective, what you're doing, you know, is fine, but you need an extra boost to kind of get more clients. In the door, find more people, uh, work on that private practice uh, to make it stronger. Um, these are the things that you really should be thinking about. So, my first comment to you is what's probably obvious, and that is you should look at your low hanging fruit first. You know that term where sort of uh, go for the things that are easiest to reach first, so to speak. So, of course, you probably most of you know this, but go for, for referrals from friends and family and former colleagues you know ask people to send you clients that's totally fine whether and again you know whether you've been at it 1 month or 10 years you can still reach out to people and ask them to refer you people there's nothing wrong with that ever Um, You can also get in touch with people, you know, in the local area, you know, it might be your neighbors, it might be local businesses, it all depends sort of where your setup is, you know, what city you're in, what town you're in, what neighborhood you're in, all that kind of stuff. But you can definitely get in touch with people from your local business area, you know, acquaintances and whatnot, and ask them to refer you clients as well. There's absolutely nothing wrong with doing that either. But once you've done those steps, and some of you might have already done that long ago, you might be going, Candice, like... I've been at it for five years. I've done all that. <laughs> I need I need more ideas, please. Um, so for those of you who haven't done that stuff yet, definitely start with that because there's n- absolutely nothing wrong with starting with that. But once you're done that, you're probably going to feel a bit more stuck. Like, what do you do? What do you do to get a- unstuck? What do you do to start pulling more clients in through the door, ha- having more people find you? Um, building that practice to make it stronger and not only solely rely on referrals, which referrals are fabulous. Referrals from, like I said, friends, families, neighbors, also other clients. Those are wonderful. Those are an intrinsic part of building a strong practice. But there are other things you should be doing. And let's talk about that today. Let's help you make a plan to kind of get out of the cycle of like, you know, you'll have lots of clients for a while and then not for a while and then lots for a while and then not for a while. And especially, you know, again, I try not to talk about COVID too much in these episodes, but let's be real. COVID-19, I mean, it obviously depends on where you live, but it has really changed things. Some some people have gone back to like full practices and there's no issue, but I'll, I know a lot of you haven't. It's just really, really complex complicated issues. So again, you know, you might have been able to rely fully on just, you know, uh, referrals and all those sorts of things. But now things are a little slower, it's harder to get people to come in. And a lot of that is due to COVID. So, so yeah, here's here's me trying to help you come up with a smart plan. So first things first, let's talk a little bit about your your marketing um, groundwork, let's, let's say that, like the, the actual tools that you're gonna need in order to promote yourself. So my first bit of advice is you should look at your website before your social media. Google Business is also your best friend and you should get yourself on Google Maps. If you put yourself on Google Business, that'll get you on Google Maps. When you sign up for Google Business, make sure you're linking your website. All that stuff together. I'm not going to go into depth about websites on this episode. You know, we've talked about it in other ones, but just, just know that my strong recommendation is focus on getting a website up, whether it's a DIY website, we mentioned that in the previous episode, or whether it's getting a professional to build you one. It's all depending on your budget, your time, you know, your interest, all those things. But get the website up. Then think about social media. Social media is a great next step. But you need your foundation set and your frame up before you start trying to like decorate the walls, right? So you can think of the website and again, getting yourself listed on Google Business, which puts you on Google Maps. You can think of those things as the foundational things and the framing of of your house, your business house, right? Once you get those up, And obviously like drywall and stuff. I realize you don't go from foundation and frame to decorating the walls. It doesn't quite work that way. But I hope you guys can imagine what I'm talking about here. You're not going to be going to the social media step before you've got some of that foundational stuff set. Also, in 2020, it is generally better to focus on digital, not print. So that's why we're talking about like websites and Google business and all that stuff. And we're not talking so much about... You know, business cards and flyers and postcards and all that kind of stuff. Um, caveat, though, if your audience is one that is very much focused on print media, for example, you work heavily with seniors. And I realize that this is a bit of a stereotype because I know I know people in their seventies and eighties who are way more into digital than they are into print. But as a whole, that age range is way more into. Print than digital. So, if your primary target audience you know is very into digital or sorry, very into print, so you know that sending them something in the physical mail will get you attention. You know that if you put in, like, say, an ad in your local small community newspaper, that will get attention. All those types of things, if you know that works for the target audience you're trying to get then yes, look at print. But for the most part, in 2020, you're wasting your time with a lot of those things. And I, I'm speaking from personal experience here. I've tried like, putting postcard like, before COVID, obviously, um, putting postcards at local businesses to advertise myself and like, you know, putting up posters with my number on it. And like, like, none of that worked. None of that brought me any clients whatsoever. People, you know how people find me? And this is this is prior to COVID. Again, I want to remind you, this is not now. And also, we're also talking back when I was massaging regularly, as well as my current business and like sort of its earlier stages. People found me on Facebook, Google search, uh, asking friends for recommendations, and that was, that was most of it, really. Occasionally, because somebody, you know, again, social media, someone like retweeted, reposted something that I posted. So it was all digital, 100% digital how people were finding me, other than, like I said, referrals. So it's mostly going to be the same for you guys. Again, unless you know for sure your audience is very big on the print media. So d- basically what I'm saying is tr- save yourself some money. If you want to print business cards, and I get it. Business cards are still useful even in 2020, you know, people like to take a business card with them to give a friend or they like to, you know, write uh, their appointment time on it. I even do that sometimes with my dentist, you know, I I get it, but don't waste time like printing off a lot of like postcards and buying ads in the local community paper unless you know it's going to actually get you somewhere. And for the most part, you'd be better spending your time on the digital stuff. And your money, too, obviously. So okay, great. We've talked about where to do your marketing stuff. We've talked about, you know, you know, focus on digital, website first, and then look at social media and other digital marketing methods. So that's your methods of promotion. So we know the what. The what you're promoting is your selling is your new business and your services. and the where, which is, again, website, social, et cetera, digital stuff. But in order to make effective use of any of this, you need to figure out two more things, the who and the how. And you need to do this before you dive into, you know, heavy amounts of uh, marketing or selling your your website, your email marketing, social media, etc. Those are important. It's important to know, you know, what you're going to work on. But you need to figure out your who and your how. So what's the who? Well, the who is your niche or target audience. I've already mentioned that, right? Where I talked about, you know, seniors versus other potential target audiences, right? And we're going to get into that more in a minute. But if you're a longtime listener to the podcast, this is not new to you. You already know this stuff. And as for the how, well, how do you sell yourself? How do you make connections that result in actual bookings and not just you feeling weird about trying to get somebody to... You know, read your website or pay attention to what you're saying, you know, because selling can be really weird for a lot of us. Now, let me take a slight aside here, because this is something that people tend to get really caught up in, especially these modern times. And they think that it's, I don't know, like an important metric to pay heavy attention to when you're trying to sell your services, The numbers game is all relative and not useful to get lost in. So what am I talking about the numbers game? Well, I'm talking about getting super focused on getting like 10,000 followers on Instagram or, you know, Facebook fans or whatever they're called these days, or focused on getting a thousand subscribers to your newsletter or those types of metrics, those aren't actually that useful. It's better to focus on real connections with an engaged audience. That is, you know, the people who actually will comment on your stuff and reply to your emails and respect and uh, express actual interest in booking with you and not just like leave you an emoji comment or, you know, follow you in the hopes that you'll follow them back and then unfollow because they're playing the follow-unfollow game. Like that's not useful to you. What's the point of ten thousand followers if nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine of them have no freaking interest in you other than to inflate their own numbers and that extra person is like your your partner or your best friend or your mom or someone the other the other one person right like none of that matters what matters is making genuine connections with people who will actually use your services. It is so much better to have like 100 engaged subscribers to your email list who actually read your stuff most of the time are actually genuinely interested in what you have to say and what you have to sell. Or, you know, 150 followers on Instagram and every single one of them either is currently a client or is interested in becoming a client or has expressed interest in what you do. Maybe they live in a different town or city or village or whatever, and they can't actually book with you directly, but they are very interested in, like, say, your style of working, and they tell people about you. That's useful too. You want those engaged people who are actually genuinely interested in you and not just in, you know, numbers and fame and becoming a social media influencer and all that kind of stuff because that's just not useful to you building a business, okay? So please don't get caught up in the numbers game. So now we've established you want to make true connections with people. That is awesome. So let's talk about some tips for making that a little easier. So the first thing is you have to get into this mindset that you are an expert at what you do. You have to be confident. Now, I just want to be clear here. I don't mean you have to be cocky. I don't mean you have to kind of have a chip on your shoulder like, oh I know everything. I'm an expert. No, 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 no. I just mean you have to be confident in the fact that you are capable you are strong you are good at what you do because a lot of people who try to promote their services kind of get into this mindset where they're like well I, I don't really want to bother you too much I mean it like it I know my services might help you but they might not I mean make maybe there's somebody who's like a better match for you and like but you know like maybe you take my business card just in case oh, okay Like that, that's not helpful. Just be confident, you know, and it is okay if people say no, it's totally fine. If they say no, it just means they weren't the right client for you, or it wasn't the right time for them. Maybe six months down the road, they will need your services. And they will think of you because they had a nice interaction with you one time, or they took your business card, or they saved your website or whatever, you know. Getting into that confidence mindset is honestly half the battle. A lot of times people feel badly about selling their services, like I just said with my little silly example there, because they feel like they're not worthy of people's time, but you are worthy. You have to allow yourself to know that. What you do matters to the people you work with, right? Like you actually genuinely help people. So be confident in that, be proud of that, be happy about that. Don't discount yourself. Don't feel like you have to kind of like be small and not be proud of what it is that you do. And I know this can be doubly hard for those of you who are brand new to your profession since you don't have a lot of sort of a track record that you can call on, right? Or if you're new to a city or town or community, even if you're not new to your profession, again, like you don't have as much sort of, sure, maybe you have a track record from where you were living before, but people in the community don't know you yet. You're new, so it, it can be a little tricky, that confidence thing in that situation. But always remember that being new doesn't mean being terrible. And it also doesn't mean that, like, you were born literally that day, right? It just means you need to build some rapport with people. But you have other experiences to draw on and back up your claims from the rest of your life. Again, like like I literally just said, you weren't born that day, You've got a whole lifetime of experiences and things that you you're taking with you into this world, into this, you know, job, into this career that you are trying to sell to people. And, you know, those those uh, experiences might be from your schooling or your life experiences, your previous jobs in other industries, previous clients that you've worked with. If Again, you know, you're not literally a brand new cra- graduate. Of course, most new graduates from programs, depending on what you do, have worked with clients in some capacity before they graduated. Whether it was case studies you had to complete or you actually had like an in in a school clinic or whatever. Again, you know, it depends on your specific profession. I know most massage therapists, for example, do client work before they actually graduate and are able to actually work with real clients, like paying clients. So so, yeah, you know, just don't discount yourself. Um All that stuff matters. We don't exist in this bubble where it's like only the thing that you're talking about in that moment. Like you have all this lifetime of experience. So that's important. And that's that can build your confidence, you know. And also, again, you know, I I said it in my silly example, but you have to. Get out of this mindset that you're bothering people. Again, I know that's something that holds a lot of people back. You are not bothering people. Unless you're like contacting them daily to remind them to book an appointment or you're being like super, super aggressive with people or something, chances are it's totally fine. Chances are actually that you're not doing enough. Most of us tend to not do enough. And this goes uh, the same with how often to post on social media or how often to call someone to follow up or any of those things. For the vast majority of we of us, we could be doing that actually more. I will tell you, like from my entrepreneurs community, we recently did a, um, a coaching session on selling. And one of the things that I saw very quickly, and we all saw very quickly, and sort of when our coaches asked us, like, how many of you... I can't remember exactly how the, the question was worded, but the idea was that how many of you send more than like one or two sales emails when you're trying to sell your product and like almost nobody said, said yes, they send more than that because most people tend to sort of send one email or maybe one email and then they send another email a week later to remind people about the thing or maybe a month later. And they don't do a sequence of emails. And it's been shown that it's far more effective. And most people don't mind if you're sending a series of emails. I'm sure you guys are on email lists where you get a series of emails with somebody trying to sell you a product. And the truth is, that's how it works. I mean, think about even like the big retailers. If you're on the email list for, I don't know, like Old Navy. I mean, I've kind of like come at them a little bit on this podcast before because they send a little too many emails, I kind of feel like. But they, that's because they know it works. That's because they know that that's what's effective. You can't just send like one email saying like, oh, we have a 50% off sale and like expect to make the maximum amount of sales that, you know, you normally would. You have to send a bunch of reminder emails and you have to like sweeten the deal, add extra things to it, that kind of thing. And look, I know most of you are not selling digital products or selling clothes like our Old Navy example But the same principles apply because it's all talking about human nature, right? So if you're only going to somebody once to say like, hey, are you interested in booking? And you never ever follow up with them. You may be losing out on bookings. That's basically what I'm trying to say here is like, it's okay to follow up unless somebody makes it very clear that they're really not interested. But like. It's okay to follow up more than once. It's okay to send reminder emails more than once. You know, again, as long as someone's made it very clear, as long as someone has not, that is, made it very clear that they don't want to hear from you. Then you should unsubscribe them or stop following up with them. But if the person hasn't said that, and the vast majority won't, it's okay to follow up multiple times. That is normal. That's what you should be doing. So, okay, so now that we've established that you sort of need to you need to work on that mindset thing. You need to be proud of what you do. You need to be confident and you need to be confident enough to follow up with people more than once. Now we need to talk about who the people that you're targeting are, because that's really important. So who are those people? Do you know Do you know the answer for your own business? What kinds of clients do you work best with? Um, who do you relate best to? And one of the things I hear from people a lot, like a lot, lot, lot about this you know, oh, well, I see all kinds of people, or oh, I can help everybody. And I get it. I get why you have that mindset. I completely understand. But you need to remember that there are over 7 billion people on this planet. It is not reasonable to think that you can be the right therapist or practitioner or service provider, depending on you know what it is that you do, for every single one of them. That is just not realistic. How could you possibly do your marketing in a way that would reach every single one of them? So, okay, you might hear that and you go, well, Candace, like, look... I, have, I do in-person services. I'm not a digital product person. I'm not trying to target all 7 billion people. I'm trying to target like the 10,000 people in my town or 20,000 people or a million or wh- however big the area that you live in is. But you know what? It's still not realistic to try and target all of them. Think about it. There's a heck of a lot of people to try and serve and you'd have to spend years and years on sales strategies to get to them all. And it wouldn't be very effective because each of them is going to need a slight, maybe not each individual person, but each group of people is going to need a slightly different like methodology or way of wording things or um, marketing stream, you know, like some people might love Instagram and other people might be more interested in, like we talked about in your example, some people might be more interested in print media and you, it's just not realistic to try and target everybody in your area. You can't just spend 24 hours a day meeting people and sending emails and attending events and updating your social media. Like, who has time for that? You'd never have time to see clients. So that is why we say you have to find your people, your who that we talked about a minute ago, you know, the who and the how. Selling yourself is awkward, but honestly, it is so much easier when you're making connections with people based on shared interests and goals and similarities and personality and all that kind of stuff. It's almost like you're making friends, you know? The people who you see in your practice, in your in your business, who feel like friends, even if, you know, even if you do keep professional boundaries and you be smart about that. But still the kinds where you're like if you'd met out in the real world, you might be friends or at least like friendly acquaintances. Um, those are the people you want to be targeting. You know, Think of this as like the same idea as if you attended an event and you found it hard to talk to people, which I know a lot of you guys out there, you sort of, um, a lot of people who go into healthcare tend to be the sensitive types, the the more introverted types. I'm not saying we don't have extroverts in healthcare, but it's just health and wellness that is, um, it's just common for you to be sort of the the... Quieter, more sensitive types. You know, it is a stereotype, but it's also not exactly uh, out of bounds. There is some reality to that, and I know a lot of the times because I'm I'm the same way. It is weird when you go to these events and you find it hard to talk to people, and you kind of just kind of stand over by like the coffee or whatever, you know. But. Sometimes when you're at these events, you meet someone or a few people who you really click with. They're easy to talk to. You might exchange numbers or WhatsApp or whatever, you know, to keep in touch, in other words. So this is the same idea when you're trying to sell your services. You need to figure out what makes you click with people and how that can be incorporated into your target audience or niche and then how you can use that information in order to make selling that much easier, whether it's like, what you're saying or the method you're using like should you be using email newsletters versus Instagram should you be using more Instagram you know whatever Um, this all makes your life a lot easier so overall what I'm saying here is focus on the people who you work best with and who you'll find selling to a lot easier it just feels more comfortable feels like you're talking to your friends almost and it ends up taking a a lot less of your time too because you're targeting the right people. You're targeting the people who are going to find you interesting as well. They're going to they're gonna be way more interested in you because you click with them so well. And then over time, what you're going to find is the more you find that niche, those people that you click with, your people, the more those people will start to find you naturally. It does take time and patience, but it really does work. Clients will refer other clients like them. And you can totally encourage them to do this. I already mentioned this, but I'm going to say it again. You, if you have clients who are those tight, those like niche clients, you can totally snudge them and say like, "Hey, do you know more people who could use my services? I would love a referral. <laughs> it's totally fine if you do that." And then, uh, as you make it really clear who your audience is, who your niche is, people will start to find you on social media because your account will be recommended to the followers of your followers. And so on and so forth. It's just the way that it works once you set things up correctly, so to speak, um, with your niche. And it doesn't take a lot of work. Like, don't don't worry about the me just saying, like, set things up correctly. It's more just like once you have that niche in mind and you set up, you know, your social media, your website, all of your marketing stuff to clearly target that niche, people are going to start to find you naturally. If you've done the work to cultivate your list of people who have true connections with you and not just trying to inflate their numbers and inflate your numbers, right? Then you're going to meet new people in your niche and then you're going to start seeing people subscribe to your newsletter, book into your clinic, contact you for more information, etc. That's the way it works. So yeah, hopefully this gave you guys some ideas on how to sell your services and who you should be trying to sell them to. There's absolutely nothing wrong with trying to attract clients to your business. That's just a mindset that we all need to get into. And it's okay to sell your services. And as long as you find that target group of people, that niche, you're going to find it a lot easier. It's just going to feel a lot more natural and just going to feel a lot more normal to do it. Um, And it's also important to remember, this is something that I think people forget when they start their own business, or even if they've been in the business for many years and they just struggle with this sort of sales and marketing stuff. It's important to remember that selling and marketing is like anything else in life. You get better at it the more you do it. So please go easy on yourself if you make mistakes. You know, if you stick your foot in your mouth and you say the wrong thing or things feel too awkward, just Go easy on yourself. You're still learning. We're all still learning, right? You, sh- you should still be learning. That's that's important. Lifelong education is a big thing. Um, but it does get easier with time. And you will make less mistakes with time. Things will feel more natural with time. You will make connections with awesome clients more often with time. It just It just kind of comes. It just kind of works. As I said in our mindset episode at the beginning of this series, so if you go two episodes back, You need to treat this stuff like it's an experiment. You have to stop worrying about things being perfect the first time around because things can't be perfect the first time around. A, there's no such thing as perfect. And B, you're learning. You need to allow yourself to be learning and you need to allow yourself to treat things like an experiment. Yeah, it's a calculated experiment. It's not like we're literally just... I don't know, thinking up like the most random thing ever and running with it. Like we're, we're doing a calculated experiment based on, you know, the niche that you've decided is, is the right one for you and the types of uh, the type of uh, business that you have, like what your services are in what area you're located in. Like you're you're making a calculated experiment here. You're not just doing something random. But still, you have to have a try it and see what happens mindset. And that can also make selling feel less scary. If you don't put all this pressure on yourself to get it perfect, like I just said, it's going to feel a lot easier. And by the way, there are multiple right ways, quote unquote, to do things, right? Like if you see a colleague doing something... uh, you know, going to events all the time and they're getting tons of clients and you're just like, I really don't feel comfortable going to events. COVID-19 aside, let's let's put that aside. Let's pretend that that was a non-issue or you live in an area that is completely eradicated it, whatever. You know, let's, you know, COVID aside, you see a colleague and they're going to all these events and they're getting tons of clients and that's really working for them. But you are really not comfortable with that. You just... You just can't. You've tried it. It's just so uncomfortable for you. It's just it's not just that it's like moving you outside your comfort zone. It's just like it's just not for you, period. You know, it's not going to work. It is fine if you say if you try other things, if you try getting in touch with people on social media, you know, again, after you've got your website built um it's fine if you try an email newsletter it's fine if you try contacting people through some other digital method it's fine if you do a more uh simplified interaction like it's just one-on-one whether it's i don't know you go to a local business that is aligned with yours and you meet people that way um you know where it's just one-on-one and not like a big crowd a big event you know whatever um Ultimately, what I'm trying to say here is there's no one right way. So don't leave this podcast episode, don't leave anything thinking that you have to do exactly what your successful colleagues are doing, because you don't. There are multiple ways to reach people. You just need to know what the right way for your target audience is. And that's why I'm saying you really need to figure out that who first. And then you look at the how. Then you look at how to reach them, how to sell your services to that group of people. So that's it for this episode. It's a little bit shorter than some of the ones I've been putting together recently. But since we're doing this series, I think it just makes sense. Uh, in the next episode, I am going to be talking a little bit more about finding and retaining clients. So getting a bit more specific. We've already talked about it some in this episode. But I'm going to get specific about like how to actually get clients to like rebook and how to get them to refer other people to you. So how to use those the client connections that you've already made sort of to your business advantage. And again, you know, it it doesn't have to feel kind of weird. It's just, it's just a normal part of having a business. So, uh, yeah, take care. I hope you guys are staying safe and well out there and I'll be back with you with in a week with that next episode. Hey, well, thank you so much for listening today, everyone. I really appreciate your time and the fact that you decided to join me in listening to this episode. Show notes are now available for podcast episodes, and they contain links to helpful resources and other information. So please do head over to happylittlebiz.com and check out the reading link. I've got show notes for individual episodes there, as well as articles on other topics for building a happy health or wellness business. Also, if you'd like to learn more about me, my background in healthcare and wellness, as well as, you know, what I'm doing with this current business, my website is the best place to do that. And I've also got links to my social media over there if you'd like to follow me. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. And again, my website address is happylittlebiz.com. All the information is there. Now, while I got you, I'd like to mention I truly do appreciate it when people leave me a rating and or depending on what you want to do, review over on iTunes. So if you like this podcast, let me know by doing that. Just look up Life Beyond the Massage Table on iTunes and then click that Ratings and Reviews tab to leave your own rating or review or both. Okay, that's it for this week. I'm sure you have other things to do, so I'll let you get to them. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And here's to building a sustainable, small, health or wellness business all on your own terms. Talk to you soon.